Hello, and welcome to episode 474 of the official EstablishedTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva. The hot stove in the NFL is brewing. It is currently, what time is it? It is currently 2.10 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Trade deadline is 4 p.m. Already had some moves go down that we're going to talk about. May have some more breaking news into the show as we do it here. Evan, good afternoon. What's up, Adam? Um, this is a, a fun day. Teams are obviously becoming more willing to trade. I think it's interesting, and we'll get to TJ Hawkinson, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, but I think it's cool how some of these new GMs, um, Kwesi Mensa in Minnesota, Brad Holmes in Detroit, they are not they, – they, they don't care about trading within the division, you know, for so long. And I, th- I just thought it was so irrational and ridiculous. Teams have been so reticent – to make trades within the division for fear of looking bad. They are literally willing to take less compensation just to make sure they didn't make a trade within the division. These new GMs, they don't care. They want to get the most compensation that they can. The Lions and the Vikings have made several trades Mm -hmm. uh, at this point since these GMs took over. And uh, now TJ Hawkinson staying in the division, going to Minnesota. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second here. I, I think it's cool that to understand if you're a buyer or a seller and executing a strategy around that, you know, like that, it's just a no brainer to me when you're talking about team building. Anyways, on today's show, we're going to go team by team through each NFC squad, talking about everything we've seen recently and what it means going forward. Before we get into it here, wanted to remind everyone and let everyone know about The Solver. This is a brand new company that we started. To be clear on The Solver, it is not related to ETR outside of the fact that many of us at ETR founded The Solver. It's a fantasy tools company. Our first two products are a DFS optimizer and a bankroll tracker for DFS. If you are an active, established to run in-season subscriber and you purchase The Solver using that same email address, our projections will sync into The Solver or you can bring your own projections in there, etc. Also, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy Battle Royale. Continues to pump 50K to first Every week in the snake drafts on underdog, we do have rankings because it's not as simple as it seems. A lot of people get tripped up in these kind of snake drafts for one week during the season where they don't understand position scarcity and how valuable some of these onesie positions are. Our rankings do reflect that. Be sure to check those out on the site. If you haven't signed up for underdog fantasy yet, use promo code ETR when you sign up. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Again, promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right, Evan. Arizona Cardinals get into a a somewhat predictable, I think, kind of wild game with the Vikings. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, unstoppable. I mean, wasn't even in the slot this week a ton. Only 11 slot snaps for DeAndre Hopkins, but he ran 53 routes on 53 Kyler dropbacks. The catches that he makes in traffic are absolutely insane. And I don't know if you saw this, Evan. I think he actually went out and dunked on me. He he actually went on Twitter and he said... He quote, he quote tweeted some some stat about him, and he said, uh, you know, he gave the 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 salute sign or emoji or whatever it's called, and he said, I'm old, I can't do it anymore, I'm washed up, I'm 30. I think he was talking to me. I think he listened, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins listens to the podcast. But anyways, hmm. great game for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just about prepared to take my L here. What do you see? Out of the Cardinals. How humble of you to think that an NFL player is just constantly having you in in his thoughts. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I yeah, I mean, 
I feel like he has a chance to age better than most receivers because his game is not necessarily built on speed and separation. He just can win because he's a technician and he's so good with the ball in the air. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, we'll we'll have to see about that. The thing that, that obviously is frustrating continually for Arizona is that they start slow and you, you, they, you need, they need to be pushed, essentially. Uh, but they they are getting pushed. And when they do get pushed, I mean, Kyler Murray, you know, three touchdown passes, 326-yard passing. Hopkins, another massive game. Very notable that with A.J. Green back and Robbie Anderson – and A.J. Green and Robbie Anderson are sharing that number two perimeter receiver role opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Guess what? Rondale back in the slot, seven for 92 and a touchdown on eight targets. Rondell played 45 slot snaps in this game, 30 of his snaps were wide. DeAndre Hopkins only 11 slot slaps, as I mentioned. The surprising part to me was that I guess they didn't think Robbie Anderson was ready yet. Only eight routes for Robbie Anderson in this game. Rondale Moore ran 52 routes. So Rondale was actually the one playing in two wide receiver sets. That's where he got those wide snaps. And in three wide receiver sets, he was in the slot. I mean, that's a pretty good role for mm-hmm. Rondale, man. And so if that sticks, and I'm not saying it's definitely going to because maybe Robbie gets up to speed more. Maybe they get A.J. Green. I mean, I don't know why they're playing A.J. Green and Dorch, but they are. So, yeah, interesting. Also. And they got Rondell a couple of carries. I mean, yeah. I, they just they need to find ways to get the ball in his hands. He's a dynamic player. I wanted to also know that Darrell Williams was back for this game, but Eno Benjamin's usage was still really good. Eno still played 74% of the snaps, ran a route on 68% of Kyler dropbacks, but efficiency was not there for Eno. Keontae and Darrell uh, Williams both mixed in. So they're going to go with three guys. I don't have a lot of faith in this run game. I do think Eno as a pass catcher. Is pretty viable though, and so I don't know any thoughts on Eno going forward now that we know Daryl's back, and I think James Connor actually doesn't sound too too far off. Yeah, I I think that James Connor is supposed to be back this week. Yeah. So okay, um, I I do think that Eno should probably cut in like thirty percent, uh, but I think that James Connor again, typically coaches will not strip a dude's starting job um, based on injury. Yeah, and I don't think that Eno has played. And well enough although I mean he's been he's been pretty good I mean he yeah. runs hard he's good in the passing game but I mean he hasn't he hasn't played enough played well enough quite well enough to pip uh James Conner it's not like James Conner was playing well I'd love to right. see Eno Benjamin have a change of pace and pass ba- passing back role you know and exactly. let James Conner handle the base work that's what I would do if I was Cliff but you know thankfully I'm not Cliff okay anyways Atlanta this game was so ridiculous man and Marcus Marietta versus PJ Walker the passing yard lines on this game we're like 160 for each of them. Uh, we bet the over on PJ Walker's passing yards, which got there easily. We didn't take the Mariota one, but he got there easily too. And this game turns into a bit of a wild shootout, something that I don't think anyone could have seen coming between these two teams. Marcus Mariota ends up throwing it 28 times. Kyle Pitts is alive, Evan. He is alive. Nine targets, five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. They play the Chargers in the Dome next, then Carolina, Chicago, Washington. Atlanta has a very easy schedule going forward. And so they're going to get leads, I think, in games and not have Marcus Mariota drop back this many times. But when he does, like, it's actually, he's been fine when he throws. It's when they go into this, like, shell where they don't throw, where it creates a problem. What do you think of Atlanta's game plan and, and how the game went against Carolina? Yeah, I mean, they've been really efficient in the passing. And as we discussed last week, even though they were not throwing the ball with volume, they've been hyper efficient. I mean, Marcus Mariota's got one of the best yards for pass attempt average in the league. Uh, they're running a ton of play action. They're being creative with their passing game. They take a lot of shots downfield. You know, it's funny. There's this guy on Twitter that 
back at when, when I used to do the Swole Cast, RIP in peace. Uh, that show is no longer around. Um, but when I used to do uh, the the Swole Cast, uh, I think there was a week where we we had a Demir Bird week, and every time that he would come up, we'd go call call like Demir Bird, you know, like a bird. Yeah. So that, you know, every time that he does something, which is rare, uh, there's this guy on Twitter who tweets me, call, call. But anyways, he, he hit a bomb here. Uh, you know, Zacchaeus has, has uh, made some big plays for them. Um, and, and that's kind of taken away from the production of, of Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Obviously, Pitts has a good game here. Drake London still does not. I mean, they're not going to become a high-volume passing team, but they had to increase it a little bit. Yeah. And they did here, and they remained efficient even when they bumped up the volume. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, Marcus Mariota is has, is the number eight overall fantasy quarterback right now. Yeah. yeah, he gives you a little bit of rushing. And again, you know, 37-34 in overtime, you know, I was going to say that maybe it encourages them to let Marcus Mariota throw some more, but they almost lost to the Panthers. So I can see Arthur Smith being like, oh God, the 28 attempts, that was too many. We almost lost to the Panthers. Let's, let's get back to the run game next week. But yeah. still, good sign. Uh, we should know, I think that Cordero Patterson is eligible to return this week, and so is Damian Williams. Okay. Worth watching. I think Algier and Caleb Huntley have actually played pretty well, but, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Carolina. You know, I guess the first thing I should say is that every time I watch a Panthers game, the broadcast like is trying to compare Deontay Foreman to Derrick Henry. And I'm like, guys, take it easy. You know, take it easy, guys. But when he's played the last couple of years, he's been really good. And like in the same way that I guess people see Derrick Henry running over people as a big dude, Deontay Foreman kind of does the same stuff. He's been very, 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 very productive. How sustainable do you think this is with Chuba Hubbard on the brink of coming back to the Panthers now. Yeah, it sounds like Chubba Hubbard is coming back this week. Yeah. So, and he had been sort of playing more in the passing game. Um, and he's more of like a change of pace, I think. Yeah. But I mean, Deontay Foreman, I he's got to be running away with this. You 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 know, one with him, again, assumption of rational coaching stuff here. But I mean, the dude can really, really run. Now to compare him to Derrick Henry, I mean Derrick Henry's 250 pounds. Deontay Foreman's like 225, 230. Yeah. But you know, not not quite Derrick Henry. But um, no, I mean, he's he's played really well when he's gotten the opportunity the last two seasons. Uh, he can handle a lot of volume. He's built to handle a lot of volume. And um I, I don't know. I, I think we should talk about PJ Walker because I mean he's playing like pretty darn well. You know, they they called that that late touchdown DJ Moore a Hail Mary. It really wasn't a Hail Mary. I mean, he yeah. hit him in stride. That was an insane throw. Yeah. I saw Patrick Mahomes come out and say best throw of the year. Yeah. Like, that was an absolutely insane throw. There's a reason that P.J. Walker, even through massive ups and downs, has maintained a place in the NFL. And that's because he's got some, like, legit, legit skills. If you watch P.J. Walker in the XFL, I mean, he was so far and away the best player in the XFL. It, like, wasn't even close. I mean, he was so far and away. It doesn't mean he's good in the NFL, but at least he, it shows that He's better than all these like practice squad and and uh, training camp type guys. Yeah. I also wanted to note, speaking of PJ Walker and Dwayne, uh, Dwayne McFarlane, who used to work with us, uh, he had a tweet that I thought was really interesting. 57% of DJ Moore's targets were catchable when they came from Baker Mayfield. 57%. That's really low. With PJ Walker, the last two games, DJ Moore's targets 76% catchable and a 38% target share. I mean, it's trending up for DJ Moore. Yeah. Not quite dead yet. Let's go to... Chicago, big news out of Chicago today is uh, they use some of the draft capital that they have acquired 
and they use it to get Chase Claypool. Now, a second round pick for Chase Claypool initially struck me as quite a lot, but there's varying opinions out there about how good Chase Claypool is. I know you're somewhat close to the Bears situation there, Evan. What do you think about giving up a second about uh, giving up a second round pick for Chase Claypool? Um, and it is the Bears' second round pick, not the Ravens' second round pick yeah. that they acquired for Roquan Smith. So this is probably going to be like a top forty, top forty-five pick. Yeah, it's a high um, pick. I, if I were the Steelers, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, the Steelers also like they weren't always happy with Chase Claypool. Um, I, I bet that they were like. Well, it sounded like it came down to um, uh, a bidding war between Green Bay and Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Green Bay was very much in the mix for Chase Claypool. I think it'll be interesting to see where the Bears play him because this season he's been a 75% slot receiver. Early in his career, I thought he was like the next Vincent Jackson, was a big perimeter receiver, but he's not consistent winning with physicality on the outside. He really he plays smaller than he is at times. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Justin Fields is, has made big strides the last two weeks. I feel like the way that the play calling has sort of embraced his strengths and started to minimize his weaknesses, like they're, they're, they're starting to riff. The, uh, mm-hmm. the, the new play caller, Luke Getze and Justin Fields. I, I'm sure that they're seeing Chase Claypool as the big physical complement to Darnell Mooney, who is like 175 pounds. Um, but Chase Claypool isn't always that physical presence. Uh, but I think from a complimentary standpoint, that, that's kind of how they're viewing him. Now we have our, our big guy to go with our, our you know speedy downfield flyer. Justin Fields has been running. You know, that was kind of my point on the Fields right. versus Malik Willis stuff. Like we knew Malik Willis was going to be bad as a thrower. Fields has been bad as a thrower. But, you know, he, like Malik had a chance to be way worse than Fields as a thrower. And Fields has been running just as much, if not more than we could expect Malik to. Mm-hmm. Fields had five more design runs last week. He now has at least seven carries in every single game this year. He's been over 45 rushing yards in six straight. Justin Fields is on pace to rush for 901 yards and six touchdowns, which is like, I mean, massive more than Josh Allen, you know, like, I mean, it's happening for fields. I don't, I don't want to say it's happening, but he's on the path to it happening. And he has a home game with Claypool against the dolphins this week. He's going to be in play for DFS. And we'll talk about him more on Friday. Yeah, and Khalil Herbert is better than David Montgomery. Yeah, they said they were going to go with the hot hand, and and they've been true to their word, and Khalil Herbert has started to eat more and more into David Montgomery's workload, for sure. Dallas. You know, the Tony Pollard stuff is just comical, uh, you know, at this point. I mean, he just absolutely rips off a 36-point DraftKings game. They ask Jerry what's going on. Is it, it, it now... There's many multiple ways you can parse this. You know, Jerry says, no, we go as far as Zeke goes. Oh, what's he going to say? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, he, I guess he could say, well, yeah, we're going to go with Pollard. But that would just be like throwing a dude under the bus who hasn't done anything wrong in Zeke for no real reason. I, I, I think Pollard has to continue to make it closer to 50-50, closer to 55-45. But we'll see. They're going into their bye next. What do you think of Tony Pollard's start? Anything else on the Cowboys? I mean, it's just, I just think it's comical because fucking everybody knew that this was going to happen except for the owner of the damn team, you know? And, and I mean, you know, we were talking about it before the season, like, you know, if, if there's any daylight, like Tony Potter is going to jump on that and run away with it. Um, and, and they need his playmaking ability right now. I mean, they've got CD lamb, they've got Gallup still in recovery mode. 
Dalton Schultz hasn't been able to stay healthy. They traded away Amari Cooper for what at this point amounts to a song. Yeah. And Amari Cooper is just absolutely crushing it in Cleveland. Um, but I mean, they need Tony Pollard's playmaking ability on the field. So it's just, it, it's time. It's been time. And, and it's, and, but I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, Two small breaking news into the show here. I just want to be able to say breaking news into the show. Steelers acquired William Jackson, cornerback William Jackson from the Commanders, and Broncos linebacker Bradley Chubb has been traded to the Dolphins. So uh, two smaller ones there. Um, awesome. One other thing I want to ask you about about Dallas. I don't know if you've noticed this, and I don't really have a great read on why. C.D. Lamb has not had a 25-point DraftKings game. And by the way, 25 points on DraftKings is not that much because it's full PPR and you get the bonus. C.D. Lamb has not had a 25-point DraftKings game since week 10 of 2021. That's a 17-game span, including playoffs. Like, he hasn't really had big mm-hmm. games. I can't really put my finger on exactly why. The usage mm-hmm. has been great. I think the talent is great. I can't put my finger on why. I don't know if you have any insight there on what's been going on with C.D., who's been fine, but certainly not great. Yeah, no, I mean he's been really good and consistent. He just, yeah, he just hasn't had like monster eruption weeks. Yeah, um, you know, Dak kind of spreads the ball around a little bit. You know, I mean he doesn't necessarily sit there and target a guy fourteen times. You know, I guess he would do that a little bit with Amari Cooper right when they first got him. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that Ceedee Lamb is is really good. You know, I don't know. He's not a great player. Uh, and and he isn't targeted at, at an extremely high rate. Yeah. But I mean, he's a guy that you can plug and play in your in your season long lineup. Yeah. I mean, to 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 not be playing C D Lamb this this year in DFS has probably been profitable. Yes. But but at least in season long, um, he's a guy that you know you 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 know you're going to get seventy yards with a good chance at a touchdown every week. Yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit on a smaller scale of the Steph Diggs stuff from last year where he didn't really have yeah. that many explosive games, but it was just like kind of fluky, kind of random, you know, and now you see this year, Steph Diggs absolutely blowing up every single week. Lions. Lions make the big trade here that everyone is talking about. I do want to get to the DeAndre Swift stuff in a second because it's interesting, but the big story out of Detroit, give up on the season. They give up on the season. TJ Hawkinson goes to Minnesota in exchange for a lot, a second and a third. These first round tight ends tend to really struggle. I mean, it's been really bad lately for first round tight ends. I have the list here. Kyle Pitts, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Hayden Hurst, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, Eric Ebron, Tyler Eifert, Jermaine Gresham. Those are the last, uh, in the last 11 years, tight ends have been taken in the first round. It's just a really hard position to get right on your first contract. Some of these guys do well on their second contract. Are you surprised, Evan, that the Lions are giving up TJ Hawkinson this fast? And what do you think about that trade? Uh, Chase Edmonds went to Denver in the Bradley Chubb deal. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, oh, gosh. what I, I, was, I was reading Twitter. I'm sorry. What, what did you just ask me? What are your reaction to the TJ Hawkinson to oh. Minnesota trade? Yeah, I mean... The Vikings lost Irv Smith for to a severe high ankle sprain. Yep. Eight to ten weeks is what his dad was telling Vikings reporters. Um, and they had been trying to piece together the position to that point. Irv Smith as the pass catcher, Johnny Munt as like the, the blocker who was stealing enough snaps away from Irv to be to be annoying. Um n- now they don't have to piece it together anymore because TJ Hawkinson can play in all facets. I think he'll be able to jump in right away. Uh, and, and and have a big role right away uh, for a six and one team that has solid 
Like just they're they're so solid. All the skill position players. Yeah, I, um, they're so so solid at every single skill position player, and their offensive line has made a big big move this year. Yeah, I, I want to talk about Detroit here for a second while we're on Detroit because this opens up a lot of room in the middle because I don't think that the Lions have anyone behind TJ Hawkinson that will command routes, targets, anything like that. To me, it's a good thing for Amon Ra St. Brown. Not that he can possibly get more targets, but if anybody's panicking out there on Amon Ra St. Brown, I'd be trying to get him, even though the Lions are clearly giving up on their season now. The middle of the field is wide open for Amon Ra. Yeah, sorry, we're on Detroit. My yeah. Bad. Sorry, and I, I went off talking about Minnesota. That's okay. From a Detroit standpoint, um, I think that Brock Wright becomes a little bit interesting. Yeah. You saw him have a a decent game here um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he went four for 57. He played 53% of the snaps. I think that he is a guy that you add in uh, tight end premium. He's also a good athlete. Now, this guy did not even start at, uh, at Notre Dame, but he's a good athlete. He was, I think he was a big recruit there. Um, and now he's clearly atop the depth chart in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. The the other, uh, we'll get more on Irv Smith when we get to Minnesota. The um, the DeAndre Swift stuff. So DeAndre Swift didn't play in the first game out of the bye. Second game out of the bye, he is full practice Wednesday, full practice Thursday, full practice Friday, not on the final injury report, but only gets five of 17 running back carries, only 21 routes on 39 golf dropbacks so he only gets five carries and five targets in the whole game in a wild game scores on one of them thankfully but still jamal williams taking all the goal line stuff and then after the game after the game dan campbell says ah you know deandre wasn't wasn't back you know he wasn't he wasn't fully right we shouldn't have given him so many carries he had five carries we shouldn't have given him so many carries they give him five carries if the dude's not right i mean don't list them full all week and then on the final injury report or maybe not play him but I don't know. It's just a tilting situation with DeAndre Swift, and I'm not sure it's going to get better soon because, like, the coaches don't think that DeAndre Swift can sustain. Now, can DeAndre Swift be an awesome fantasy player on 12, 13 touches a game? Yes, uh, he certainly can, but it's obviously not ideal. So I don't know, Evan. You're the one with the Jamal Williams hundred to one or whatever ticket. Uh, I'm on. I'm 150 the one hundred and fifty to one. Hundred and fifty to one on Jamal Williams <laughs> to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns. I'm the one holding my dick with with DeAndre Swift. So I don't know. Any thoughts here on on Swift in the backfield? I saw that uh, Le- Leone. Um, we, we've got Jamal Williams on our bench uh, in our um, yeah. FFPC main event, Leone won't put him in the goddamn starting lineup. So we've left all of his two, two touchdown games on the bench. I think we've had six or seven Jamal Williams touchdowns on our bench this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Dan Campbell has no idea how many carries anybody got in the game. Like, <laughs> let's, let's be real. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a situation. We're just going to have to play touch and go. Have to, have to be touch and go with DeAndre Swift going forward, like because he, he's clearly not healthy, and it seems like he has a, a tough time recovering yeah. quickly, which is not something you would expect, expect from a player of his age. Yeah, let's go to Green Bay. Uh, you know the wide receiver situation. We've been talking about this for forever. You know, and Packers fans are sick of me making fun of them for taking Jordan Love and AJ Dillon and Josiah DeJuro when they had the chance at so many wide receivers. I mean, they've passed on wide receiver repeatedly in the draft, repeatedly uh, in free agency. They just keep passing, passing, passing. And now you see them go out against the Bills and like, yeah, I get that Lazard was out. I get Christian Watson 
got hurt with a concussion. I get that Randall Cobb wasn't out there, but still, like, you're just dead when you don't have wide receivers in today's NFL. They ran the ball really effectively in that game against the Bills. Aaron Jones had a great game, but you can't throw to who they have out there. I know they were in on the Claypool, allegedly. We'll mm-hmm. see if they do something in the next two hours here, but without wide receivers, I don't see how this offense can really turn it around. What do you think of the Packers' performance in Buffalo on Sunday night? Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers was just on the the Pat McAfee show saying, you know, I was kind of hoping there might be some news during the show that we can break. So, you know, he's he's probably frustrated with the situation at this point. Um, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what else to say here. I mean, yeah. uh, I guess the the uh, the one potential takeaway from this game against Buffalo is that that big time touchdown catch that Romeo Dobbs made late in the first half where he adjusted in the air. I mean, that that shows some serious ability and maybe got him out of Aaron Rodgers' doghouse, which I think we were both scared that he was going to fall into. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, Sammy Watkins, like, literally can't play. We had the under on – I can't believe this line. Sammy Watkins, three and a half catches. We had the under there on Sunday night. I mean, dude is just, like, fat. Like, he looks awful. Like, cannot play. And and they just didn't have a choice. I mean, even if they wanted to bench Dobbs, which I'm not saying they did. I was just kind of guessing. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to bench Dobbs. There's no way they could have. They just don't have anyone else. And he had a great game and certainly back in the good graces there. So that's good on Romeo Dobbs. And it looks like they finally maybe made the commitment to feeding Aaron Jones every yeah. week, I think. Yeah, they ran the ball great. They yeah. ran the ball great. Um, Rams. So uh, the reports, you know, stuff we've been talking about with Kieran Williams, et cetera, Ronnie Rivers, the Matthew Berry uh, report from Saturday. It all came true. Ronnie Rivers did indeed start 21 snaps, 12 routes. Daryl Henderson was still involved. As a passing back, he actually played more snaps, ran 15 routes. Uh, Malcolm Brown still mixed in for 13 snaps and two routes. I mean, I'm not excited about Kieran Williams because this run game is so, so, so broken. I don't think it's going to turn around. But I do think that he is probably going to be the lead back when he gets healthy. Also, Van Jefferson made his season debut, 31 out of 58 snaps, ran 23 routes, zero targets for Van Jefferson here. We've talked about the perimeter stuff for the Rams being a problem already. And then Cooper Cup. I don't know what he was doing. You know, McVay even said he made a mistake leaving Cooper Cup in and throwing him the ball that late in the game when the game was over, but he did suffer an ankle sprain, reportedly a low ankle sprain, and Cooper Cup is reportedly expected to play week nine. We'll see, but another ugly, ugly, ugly performance for the Rams. Any takeaways for you there? I mean, they just can't run the ball, like, at all because they, they can't block anybody, you know? So, Again, I, they're just kind of throwing crap at the wall at this point with the RB situation. You you can't play any of those guys. The, the NFC, man, and that's the other reason the Eagles stuff is so wild. Like the Rams, the Bucks, and the Packers, I mean, we have some bad teams. We'll get to the Bucks here in a second, who I think is actually the best of that bunch. But I, yeah. I think that the most proper comparison for Kieran Williams coming out of college was like Theo Riddick. Okay. So, you know, I, I just – I. I he may be the lead. He may become the lead back, but I just I, he, he ain't really a workhorse runner. Yep. No, I think it'll be committee based all yeah. year for sure. Yeah. All right. We already talked about Minnesota a bunch, but obviously Irv Smith, as Evan mentioned, is going to be out eight to ten weeks. Minnesota's going for it. They're like, hey, we're six and one or whatever they are. Let's go for it. They gave up a second and third rounder to get T.J. Hawkinson. How do you think this affects anything? We got some questions. Oh, is this bad for Justin Jefferson? I mean, I don't think anything is possibly bad. For Justin Jefferson, it's not like Hawk is some great target earner, but do you think this affects Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Dalvin, anything like that? What do you think fallout from Hawkinson 
to Minnesota. Is. Yeah, Thielen, and I have a decent amount of him in, in season long, so I'm, I'm a little bit concerned here. But I think that he would be the likeliest guy to be adversely affected by TJ Hawkinson. But I also think that, that TJ Hawkinson, you know, as you mentioned, like he, he's going to do more than just um, than, than just try to get out there and earn targets. I, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be great in fantasy. I think he'll probably be a top 12 guy the rest of the way, but I don't think a whole lot changed for him personally. Um, but I, I would worry about, cause Thielen is, is largely touchdown dependent because I mean, he, you know, he doesn't get, he doesn't have big yardage games anymore. So if, if, if TJ Hawkinson jumps in there and earns, you know, some red zone work at, at the, at the expense of Adam Thielen, that, that could hurt. I do think that Hawkinson is an upgrade on Irv Smith, right? And I like Irv mm-hmm. Smith, but Hawkinson is clearly like a more talented, explosive player. I do think that he'll earn more targets than Irv was earning. So I don't mean to like disrespect Hawkinson completely. I think he's better than Irv, but but doesn't mean that he's like great. Let's go to uh, New Orleans. Alvin Kamara and Andy Dalton have played four games together. 25% target share for Alvin Kamara in those games, which is like elite wide receiver numbers. And he's getting 17.7 carries per game. And now Mark Ingram is out two to three weeks. I mean, it, it's setting up for Alvin Kamara to be like, one of the best assets in fantasy as long as Andy Dalton stays in there. Now, obviously, Kamara has been helped by Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas being out. But still, man, I mean, I, I think 19, 18, 20% of the targets for Kamara isn't that crazy the rest of the way, which is a ton, obviously. For running back, what do you see out of the Saints who absolutely demolished the Raiders on Sunday? Yeah, um, I think that that win, that convincing win combined with the way that Alvin Kamara played, um, you know, they're like, they're not going to trade Alvin Kamara. That's something that we were talking about last week, mm-hmm. that that was a possibility. And even leading up to the the game last night, I saw on uh, Monday Night Countdown that they were, they were talking about maybe this team should trade for Alvin Kamara. Like, I don't think that he's going to get traded now. And I think that that's fine. I think they're going to continue to start Andy Dalton, yeah. at least until he plays himself out of it. I mean, I think that he's – like, Andy Dalton is the, the, the Saints starter. This is not – an injury situation anymore. Yep. By the way, Saints are three and five, which, you know, sounds bad. In the NFC, yeah. like, no one who's three and five is dead. The NFC is right. so, so, so bad. Like, you know, I, I could see the Saints thinking that they have a chance here still. Yeah, I mean, they, they do, especially yeah. if the, the Bucks continue to circle the drain. I mean, the, the and the NFC South in particular is wide open. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Falcons are in first right now. In yeah. The NFC South. Yeah. Is that really so? Um, Giants. The Wandale thing was bad, man. I... I you know, Wandale played 45 out of 65 snaps. He ran 33 routes on 39 Danny Dimes dropbacks, but three targets for 9% share when you're not competing against anyone. You're competing against Darius Slayton and and uh, Tanner Hudson. I mean, when you don't have volume and your ADOT is really low, it's like impossible to be a really good fantasy asset. In other yeah. words, Wandale's getting targeted like two yards, three yards, four yards by the line of scrimmage, and he's only getting three, four, five targets a game. That's a concern. He needs like eight nine, 10 targets mm-hmm. a game to get there. I, I was really concerned by this one deal thing. I don't want to overreact to one week, but I was concerned. Giants head into their bye this week. What do you see out of their loss in Seattle? <clears throat> I mean, Seattle just like is getting better by the week. So I think that the credit here goes to Seattle. Uh, they bottled up Saquon, made sure that he did not hurt them. Um, you know, it, just another just kind of ordinary game from uh, from Danny Dimes. Yeah. Um, Tanner Hudson had like no production until like the, the final drive or two. 
Last um, drive. He he had okay. he had zero with 58, 58 minutes into the game. Tanner Hudson okay. had zero okay. catches. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then he finishes with, you know, what looks like a pretty good line there yeah. on paper, 58 yards. I mean, they're just, they're not, you know, a very good offense. They they maximize what they have, but they don't have a lot of talent on offense. Like, Definitely not. I, and Dable's done an unbelievable job. Yeah. By the way, when they come out of the bye, they play home against the Texans, home against the Lions. I mean, you could not nice. ask for a cleaner spot for Danny Dimes in this offense coming out of the bye. So we'll certainly be talking about that then. Eagles, we get the big A.J. Brown game. Uh, A.J. Brown was, of course, on the Leone uh, by Leone model uh, was also Ding's flag plant on established a million. AJ Brown goes off for six catches, 156 yards, and three touchdowns on 11 targets, a 39% share. Obviously, he uh, tweeted on Monday morning. They tested him for PEDS uh, after uh, on Monday morning, randomly, quote unquote. But yeah, it's just at this point, the Eagle schedule is so soft. They're so dominant on both lines of scrimmage. It's like hard for them to not show up and have an efficient game. I just don't see how it happens. They get the Texans the Commanders, and the Colts next. I mean, I want to see the Eagles get tested. I really do. Mm-hmm. But I don't see how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't see anywhere on their schedule, maybe Dallas, but I don't really see anywhere on their schedule that's going to test them test them hard. What do you see out of another Eagles easy, easy win this time over the Steelers? Yeah, and knock on wood, you know, the Eagles are staying healthy. Uh, when this is That has been a problem, recurring problem for them for years since their Super Bowl win. I know I've kind of said it a couple weeks in a row here, but – they're staying healthy, and, and that's really, really big. Um, A.J. Brown is Terrell Owens. Uh, Dallas Goddard is, you know, a guy that, you know, he's going to have some down weeks, but he's, you know, he, he's a guy that you start every week uh, at tight end. Devonta Smith has been up and down, but, you know, eight targets in this game. Like, he's still a guy that you start every week as a wide receiver three. Um, Miles Sanders only had nine carries in this game, but, you know, that was in large part. I mean, they, they hit all these quick strike home runs to A.J. Brown, uh, you know, not long sustained drives. And then all of a sudden the game was out of hand. And, you know, Miles Sanders ends up with only nine carries. He remains hyper efficient. And he's he, at this point, he's a good bet for a touchdown almost every week. Yep, agreed. Uh, 49ers. This was Christian McCaffrey's first full game and uh, as a 49er. And what a game it was. He handled 82% of the running back carries. He earned a team high nine targets for 36% share. He threw a touchdown. I mean, his touchdown catch was insane. I mean, he looked like a wide receiver. 26 touches, 149 yards, and a 34-yard touchdown pass. Oh, and by the way, still isn't hurt. Shout out to the haters and losers. I mean, Kyle Shanahan with Christian McCaffrey. And, and I know Debo wasn't out there, and, and that's a, that, that matters for Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. But man, if, he's, if he doesn't finish the year... As number one fantasy player, I'd be very, very, very surprised. What you see out of the 49ers win over the Rams? Yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, like, it was exactly what we, we talked about. This was the opportunity to fast track him uh, with no Debo. That's exactly what he did. He's awesome. Um, you know, he knows exactly what to do. Like, he's, I mean, who was it? Who was it uh, talking about? I think it was like oh Jimmy G. Yeah, it was Jimmy G talking about this. He was saying that Christian McCaffrey like didn't even ask him. He didn't even ask any questions. You know, it's it's his first full game. He's out there. They're in the huddle. Like they don't even need to tell him what to do. He knows what to do. You know, I mean, it's just, it's such a natural fit. And you know, we talked about some of the some of the concerns uh, going from Carolina, San Francisco. I mean, this wipes away a lot of those. 
you know, first first uh, uh, running back to throw for a touchdown, rush for one, and catch one since Ladanian Tomlinson. You remember he used to do that stuff uh, in 2005. It's uh, it, it's exciting to see, and I would be very excited if I if I own Christian McCaffrey right now. Yeah, clearly. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean. Th- he's going to have an opportunity to be coached by Kyle Shanahan versus whatever the hell was going on in Carolina. And he has the opportunity to score so many more touchdowns. Like I can't believe anyone ever said that it was bad for him to be going to San Francisco, uh, Seattle. I thought that Travis Homer stuff was really interesting and Travis Homer being active, got some people off of Kenneth Walker in cash on DraftKings. I ended up still playing Kenneth Walker, but yeah, I mean, Travis Homer matters. Travis Homer ran nine routes in this game. DJ Dallas ran three. Kenneth Walker still ran 19 routes so it was okay but for on 41 dropbacks 19 routes obviously not great for kenneth walker but this dude has a runner i don't know if you saw his latest highlight run i mean this dude is like no one can tackle this guy it's cr- it's crazy uh how efficient and how much he's shedding tacklers as an nfl rookie what you see out of seattle i mean seattle has to be like the most one of the most surprising teams i can remember in the last like mm-hmm. 10 years but, yeah absolutely uh, but yeah, go ahead on Seattle. Yeah. What do you think about Geno Smith, 28 to 1 MVP? I have Geno Smith 10 to 1 comeback player of the year, which I feel really good about. Um, nice. MVP, Seattle will have to win 13 games, I think, for him to get it because Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are going to win like 15 or 16 yeah. games each. Yeah. So that's going to be really hard for Geno to get there. I think it's almost certainly going to be Josh Allen. And if Josh Allen gets hurt, it'll be Jalen Hurts. But, you know, I've heard worse ideas. The comeback player, even I, I think for those guys out there listening, we did the award show last week. There were still plus 260, plus 275 on Gino. I still think, I think that's still there for comeback, and I still like that. But anyways, go ahead on Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I I don't, I don't have a whole lot to add here. I mean, I think that, you know, we were worried about Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf's health entering the game. They both wound up getting there. Um, Gino continues to play at a high level. This was not the big efficiency game for Kenneth Walker, but he's getting, you know, I mean, 19 touches – gets in the box, and, I mean, he, they're going to be more, uh, better efficiency days ahead. As we've seen, he's not going to average seven yards of carry every game. Yeah. Let's go to Tampa. Another loss, this time at home to Baltimore on the Thursday night game. Um, I, I think people are trying to pin a lot of this stuff in all different directions. Injuries have been bad, no doubt, for for the Bucks. certainly along the offensive line. Uh, Chris Godwin may not be back to his former self from the ACL just yet. I think the biggest thing people say is Tom Brady has finally hit the wall. I'm curious, Evan, if you think that's the case on Tom Brady and is there optimism for the Bucs going forward? I think he's definitely playing at a lower level than he did last season. Um, I I still think that you can win with him, but I, I, I think he's definitely taken a step back. Yeah, this season and look, and he's also the kind of guy who like once you count him out, like then he goes off in the second half of the year. I mean, like that that's very much within play. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now, I don't think I don't think the way that he's played is remotely as as as, uh, as productive as last season. Um, I, I think that they need to get Rashad White more involved. Yeah, on the ground, he just moves at a different speed than does Leonard Fournette at this stage. Uh, and with their offensive line problems, like they they can't open holes up front. You know, getting the ball out to the the backs in in the passing game, I think, would be a pretty good option to to try to circumvent that weakness that weakness because it's a clear weakness and it isn't going to get better. 
they're they're not gonna they're not gonna like get back you know a bunch of guys and like you know have a great run you know uh, run blocking unit again like it's this is a problem that's not gonna go away. I mean, Leonard Fournette ran thirty five routes in this game. Rashad White ran seven, and that, that's criminal. You know, Rashad White needs to be out there more. Rashad White only eighteen snaps in this game. Leonard Fournette forty nine. Um, yeah, it's tough. Next few games for the Bucks are Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Saints, 49ers. Certainly not the softest possible schedule for Tom Brady and the Bucks to get back on track. Uh, last thing we're going to do here today is the Washington football team, a.k.a. the Commanders. You know, the Terry McLaurin stuff, we've been talking about it ever since the quarterback change. 15.9% share with target with Carson Wentz, 25% with Taylor Heineke. I mean, Terry McLaurin is an exciting asset to have right now. And by the way, McLaurin has not had clean matchups. The last two weeks, he's had difficult cornerback matchups and difficult secondary matchups and still gotten there. And I think he'll have softer matchups going forward. What did you see from commanders? Yeah, I mean, Taylor Heineke's willingness to play like a little YOLO ball with the guy that he trusts. Like, that's exactly what you want to see if you have Terry McLaurin in fantasy. Um, The the backfield has devolved, I think, somewhat predictably into a three-way running back share. They're not getting rid of Antonio Gibson because he's their most dynamic back. Um, he can play in, in both facets. J.D. McKissick is, you know, your niche passing game back. Brian Robinson, really all he can do is sort of grind it out between the tackles. So yeah. they're going to continue to use a three-way RBBC, I think. Um, we'll have to see on Jahan Dotson. You know, he had the hamstring injury, then he had the setback. We'll just have to wait that out and see. Um, but, yeah, got to feel good about McLaurin. Yeah, it, the Brian Robinson thing, I, people don't like to say negative things about Brian Robinson because his story is so amazing, but he's clearly like getting outplayed. Like he looks like a below average NFL running back right now does Brian Robinson. All right, that is going to do it for the NFC team-by-team team pod. We'll be back for the AFC where we'll talk about Steelers fallout from the trade. We'll talk about the Chase Edmonds trade and a bunch more if you're watching on YouTube, we really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. We do have a goal of 30,000 YouTube subscribers before the end of the NFL season. We'd really appreciate it if you guys help us get there. For Evan, for Prusy Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.